Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. We have got a great show for you today. Mr. Stuber here is back in town. Mm -hmm. Happy to have you back, you I much. guess. Uh, we've got Graham Allen. It's aggressive. Host <laughs> of really? Rant Nation. Wow, started off strong. <laughs> since he lives Already. here, Jeez. since he lives here now, yep. back on the show, mm -hmm. happy to have you back. Uh -huh. And Mr. Jeremy Dice from First Liberty. Thanks religious liberty me. lawyer, thanks for, for coming back and oh, enlightening us. I got to thank there at the end, too. I was worried there was just going to be a neutral introduction, but I got to <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Happy to have all of you. Maybe we can work earnest into this conversation. <laughs> I am the nation's foremost expert, apparently. Who's to yes. say? You never know. <laughs> What's your top story, Stu? Uh, so there's a new poll that really goes into depth and breaks down how Americans actually feel about abortion. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is, I think, completely different than what most people would expect. Oh, all right. Graham. The greatest congresswoman in the his hardest working, mm -hmm. the greatest American AOC feels that Congress deserves a raise. Mm. Mm. Okay. A Doing an amazing yeah. job. Man. Four, four Doing, yeah, a lot of work. Path. A lot of work I'm getting done there. <laughs> a lot to get into. And Jeremy. We're back to cake. We're talking about flowers and florists and the Supreme Court of the United States. Mm. All right. A lot to get into. Obviously, first, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. So if you are in the market for um, a home loan or a refi, whatever the case may be, um, American Financing is the one to go to. If you want someone, Stu, you can back me up on this, if you mm -hmm. want someone who's actually in it for you and not, you know, because they're trying to get a kickback. Uh, from, you know, the financial institutions. Yeah, and maybe people who act responsibly. You might yeah. want American financing. If and, you want but, so that happened with, like me, there's loan sharks. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, so Stu was like, I want to do something <laughs> way too crazy for you guys. Yeah. And they actually... They call it creative financing. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I do. Um, yeah, but I mean, they, the good thing about American financing is they don't... You're right. Like, they don't get the kickbacks. They don't care about trying to force you into one loan or another. They just care about making sure you pick the one that's going to work out for you long-term. They want you as a long-term customer rather than just to take it and flip it and be done with it in two seconds. Yeah. Um, so they did a great job with me. I know uh, Glenn's used them. Um, a lot of people around here have, and a lot of our listeners have, because... And they're, you know, they're credible. I mean, they came to Glenn and before the crash happened and they did not make all these terrible loans. They didn't go out of business like everybody else. Uh, they've been around for a long time and they know what they're doing. And um, so they, they don't want you to go get your legs broken um, in the back of an alley somewhere because you didn't pay your bill. That only saying. happens when you don't pay. Like, if you pay, loan sharks are fine. <laughs> yeah. You can go to AmericanFinancing.net or you can call 800-906-2440. All right, so you said that you saw some poll numbers on abortion that would surprise us. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of really interesting stuff on this. And I think this is one of the most valuable polls out there. I, I believe it's Marist and NBC News who actually do it together. And you wouldn't say normally I would praise NBC News. Yeah. But, like, there's so much stuff out there that doesn't give any, add any value to the conversation about abortion. How do people actually feel about it? Because they'll say, oh, are you pro-choice or are you pro-life? Or do you think Roe versus Wade should be overturned? One thing, and I think you'd definitely agree with this, one thing you realize by looking at this polling is no one knows what Roe versus Wade says. Like, it, <laughs> like, it, like they just, like, put it in there for whatever they think abortion should be. Mm -hmm. And they all, be, they all say, oh, uh, yeah, Roe versus Wade, it's fantastic. You actually look at it. There's a lot of things people don't understand. It's really without value to ask the average person if they are in favor of Roe versus Wade. Because you can ask them, they'll say, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it should be overturned. And then you press them on what you think the law should be. And they want something far more restrictive than what Roe versus Wade allows. Right. Um, so let me give you a, a, some of this. And it, this first one, I think, shows uh, how much this has moved recently um, as far as the polling goes. This is June 2019. Are you pro-choice or pro-life? 
Uh, 57% say they, pro, they are pro-choice and only 35% say that are pro-life. To give you another point of reference here, in February of the same year, it was 47-47. So whatever, the media is doing its job, right? Like their goal is to vilify anyone who is pro-life. And because of some of these laws maybe that are passing in places like Alabama, they're doing everything they can to try to make the pro-life side be extreme. However, when you dive into these numbers... It doesn't make any sense that a lot of these people are calling themselves pro, pro-choice. So let me give you some of the kind of separate sort of issues that are surrounding the abortion debate. Um, and here are some pro-life suggestions, things that have been suggested by the pro-life side to change the laws in state to state. Should women be required to view ultrasounds before they go ahead with an abortion? Well, that's a popular policy. 52% say yes. 43% say no. And interestingly, about the 52%, that includes about a third of people who say they're pro-choice. So it's like an interesting part of that, that people who are for abortion still want this. Uh, should there be a required 24-hour waiting period uh, for abortions? Well, again, the American people say yes, 65 to 30. Now, this is something that's seen as like this hateful policy in the media. It's 65, 30, and includes uh, 68% of pro-choice and 59% of pro-life respondents. Wow. Um, Huge, right? I mean, and the only reason the pro-life number is down is because a lot of people are saying, well, you shouldn't have any abortions at all. So, like, I I don't care about the requirement. But people who are pro-choice think, yeah, you should have it. It shouldn't just be one of those things you walk in and just do it. You should have the waiting period. Should abortion doctors be required to have hospital admitting privileges? This has been a very controversial Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, Well, it's not controversial to the American people. 64 (laughs) to 27. I mean, that's like... Imagine that. Yeah, I know. It's it's, not even remotely close. And that includes 68% of pro-choice voters and 59% of pro-life respondents. So again, like these things are kind of like, it's not really... And that one really is spun in the media as, oh, well, you just want women to go get back alley abortions exactly. and then they're going to die. Uh, I mean, they should talk to the people who are pro-choice because they don't seem to... Hey, people that. realize what that means. If you have to have privileges, it means that something's gone wrong in your surgery. Right. And the doctor who's not doing that at a hospital has to go with you to the hospital, but he can't get in there unless he's got privileges right. to be in that hospital. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a pretty important little thing to have here. And yeah. it also says that the hospital has looked at this guy and say, yeah, he's qualified to practice medicine. The dirty secret, of course, is that a lot of these abortionists don't have the ability to get those privileges or have them local. In fact, I know of a, an abortion clinic in Charleston, West Virginia. It's a mile away from the hospital. None of the abortionists that provide pr- procedures there have admitting privileges at that hospital. They cannot follow their patient to the hospital. It's incredible. And, of course, part of that, too, is in Roe versus Wade is, in, is exceptions for states to regulate, you know, to help protect the women's, women's health. So, Oh, I'm sure, you know, every pro-abortion person is very much for women's health unless it means that they can't get the abortions that they want, right? Like, so it makes it a little bit more difficult, perhaps a little bit more expensive. However, you're protecting, you know, the mother, and that is supposedly what they care about, at least that's what they tell us. So where does life begin? I found this to be pretty interesting. They have a whole menu of options. I've tried to summarize these a little bit because there's so many of them. Um, at, uh, so this one, for actually, this is a birth, 16%. What I thought interesting about that is that is the litmus test of the Democratic Party right now. You have to believe life begins at birth, right? Well, what's the hateful, the hateful extremist right-wing position that we hear all the time? It's these heartbeat laws, right? This is the Mm -hmm. heartbeat laws. Well, look at the difference in polling here. People believe the heartbeat is the start of life at Mm. 46% to 16. Wow. The Republican position or the conservative position is far larger than, uh, than you'd know by watching the media. Um, this is interesting, too. Do you, what do you believe the law should actually be um, regarding abortion? This is where I've kind of done some summaries. 
the George W. Bush standard, okay, then that's much more restrictive uh, than we are right now. This is just exceptions for life, rape, and incest. And we've talked about all these, and we can get into all of them. But 47% say it should be either George W. Bush's standard or more restrictive. Um, also, the George W. Bush standard is also the same as the Mormon church standard, right? Like, wow. this is not uh, like a left-wing position here, but that's half the country. If you add it to the first trimester, which, again, I am not for, but just to give you an idea, first trimester or more restrictive, um, this is a more restrictive position than Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. 70% of Americans want us to go beyond Roe versus Wade to the conservative side. Wow. Um, and then the 2020, of course, Democratic primary litmus test, your, your, your opportunity to choose at any point if you're a woman, only 18% believe that. So if you think I have 47% for the Mormon church standard versus 18% for the Democratic Party, which one seems like it's more popular? Which one seems like more people are on isn't the side? It, isn't it funny, though, that 18% believe that these radical things of abortion and post or late-term abortion yeah. and post-birth abortion yeah. in some manners, isn't it weird that the media makes you believe that that's what the majority of not only women, but but people mm-hmm. believe in what they do. I, I was just at a young women's conference and one of the major issues that every single speaker was asked about was abortion and men's stances on abortion. And, and, and I would be extremely interested to see what the, the ratio between male and female were mm-hmm. to those percentages there because I truly believe that we need more men to step up and defend our yeah. unborn children just as much as women should. And so it's just interesting to me that those numbers, 18% of this crazy, just you can you can end the life of a child whenever you want to mm-hmm. kind of thing. Only 18% are. But to watch the media right now and to listen to these Hollywood elitists and to listen to these figures on social media, you would think that that, that we're the crazy ones. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, kind of We're thing. the extremists. Yeah. Well, it's not terribly surprising, though, that people can't figure out when life begins under the law. I remember being in law school, handling this case, had a very liberal professor talking about it in con law, and his very first question of the whole class was, when does the court say, in Roe v. Wade, when does the court say when life begins? And, of course, everybody's ducking under the table because nobody wants to be called on that day. And then, then all of a sudden some smarty, smarties get up there to want to answer the question. Well, 16 weeks, 12 weeks, 14 weeks, three, third trimester, none of them had the answer right. So I finally raised my hand and said, well, Professor, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And the truth is Roe v. Wade doesn't say when life begins. In fact, it leaves a lot of room to the states to say, you guys can handle all this. In fact, if... I would be happy at this point of just going back to Roe v. Wade, let alone before Roe v. Wade, to allow the states to have their freedom to be able to regulate that practice. Now, I'd rather go beyond all that, of course, but if we could only get back to Roe v. Wade, that would be a great standard to have. It's been all the ones that have followed up after that that have been absolutely horrible. So I, I have no doubt that the world is confused because the justices are confused mm-hmm. and, and, and lawyers are confused by when it all is. And I think the left really loves that confusion. They play upon it and prey upon it so that people will continue to push these pro-abortion laws that are out there. I agree. I think that especially when it comes to uh, viability, yeah. right? Because that's something that even if you go back to Roe versus Wade, viability at that point in time was much different than it is now with mm-hmm. all of the modern you know, medical uh, advancements that we have. So, I mean, even that would be, they would love it if we could have this conversation about viability and keep it kind of mu- you know, muddy the waters. But we just saw, what was it, uh, a baby that was born at 23 weeks. It was the world's smallest baby ever. Went home. Yeah, went home, left the hospital after five months. Healthy, happy, you know, everyone was fine. 
I mean, and they would have you believe that that still is not yeah. a baby that could survive. You brought up that the youngest baby ever born um, was, I think, at 21 or 22 mm-hmm. weeks, but the mother had to lie to the doctors and say the baby was further along for the, mm-hmm. ba- for the to get the life, uh, you know, supporting treatment that, that the baby needed. That's completely ridiculous. The one thing I think, you, you brought up a great point, Grano, of like, this is a situation where the Democratic Party is being is being completely summarized as this 16 percent, right? Like this yeah. 16 or 18 percent who think, you know, abortion all the way there. And the one person or the one campaign that seems to understand that that's not reality is Joe Biden. Yeah. You know, Biden, like for whatever reason, he's not been that ex- outspoken on, on uh, abortion. But generally speaking, he's not all out there t- touting Medicare for all. He wants to say he's super progressive. He's Obama. But he's the only one not playing to essentially Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And I don't think it's a coincidence, the fact that he's blowing everybody out, right? Like, this is, yeah. I don't think he actually is moderate, uh, but he, he's smart enough, and they've done a good job so far, number one, keeping him out from in front of cameras, but number two, uh, you know, having a situation I love where, Joe Biden in front of the camera. Yeah, no, I, I do, really too. Do. I'm a big fan. I, I, I am a huge fan of any time camera, Joe Biden, TV. Yes. I, I'm there. I'm, I'm there. there. Just don't ask him about Hyde. No. Because right? then it's a problem. Uh, oh, yeah. Or was it a problem? Right, I can't remember. It depends uh, on, what's, what's today again? Yeah. But, but, like, that's an extreme position, right? To be able to say, look, I think abortions are fine, but we, we shouldn't force people who are morally opposed to them to have their tax dollars spent that way. That's now extreme. It used to be the Democratic position, the answer, like, well, we yes, we did, we safe, legal, and rare, but we'll at least not make, you know, the government fund it. Now, even that's crazy. And to his, to, I mean, he's been back and forth on it, it seems, but, like, it seems where he landed was actually, no, I still support the Hyde Amendment, which is kind of amazing in this con- context. Graham, well, last word. Well, I think the DNC, to, to your point, the DNC, you're, you're talking about these small percentages. It, what we saw it happen with Sanders in 2016. Sanders with his radical ideas of socialism, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, they pushed him aside and went to Hillary, the safer, more yeah. normal mm-hmm. uh, Democratic choice. Same thing with Biden. You've got this formal, uh, this, this, these entities that have come up. And I call them the mean girls of Congress. You've got AOC, Tlaib, and Omar. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, they represent this this extreme small percentage, but they are loud. Mm-hmm. And they are being heard everywhere, and especially younger generations. So we have a responsibility to fight back or... 10 years from now, it may be a completely different kind of thing. Oh, and then they're full of just AOCs? Uh-huh. Oh, God, oh, yeah. shoot me now. Nightmare. <laughs> Back in a minute. Oh, God, I couldn't take the yapping. No. Before we get back into the AOC conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, Cruise Through History. So if you have not yet already, mark your calendars for spring 2020. It's in March, Stu? It is. Okay, in March, uh, this guy over here is going on a cruise mm-hmm. along with Glenn Beck, uh, Bill O'Reilly, Rabbi Lappin, and David Barton. And they're going to the Eastern Mediterranean. And I'm just super jealous. Where are you going to go? You're going to Jerusalem, Venice, yes, Croatia, uh, Croatia, Greece. Greece. It's a, it's going to be a great trip. Yeah. I mean, you could sit around and just walking through the halls and catch David Barton, like not even talking about that. And he'll 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 go for a half an hour, and it'll be fascinating about yeah. history. Like actually being there and having him explain those things in person, I think is going to be incredible. Rabbi Lapin, the same way. Bill O'Reilly, of course, is honestly one of the biggest history book salesmen of all time. He's like an author who sold more history books than 
almost anybody. I mean, not anybody, but there's been a few exceptions of books back in the past. But he's, I mean, a modern, you know, I mean, he was a history professor. He knows all that stuff. And then, you know, then you get to come with me and have fun. Like, you know, sure, you're going to have Glenn, blah, 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 blah. And then you can go with me. I'll be I at the like bar. bar. I'll like me at the bar. We'll be at the bar. When school's over, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. and we'll have some fun exactly. afterwards. Yeah. There's days yeah. and there's nights on cruises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can go to comesailaway.com. Uh, there are a couple different packages, different options that you can pick. You can make those selections and mark your calendars. Go to comesailaway.com. So speaking of AOC, uh, you know, she's, she is everywhere. She's just doing so much, though, Graham. Yeah. She's just doing so much she's for the country. She's almost omnipresent at this point. She's <laughs> just everywhere. <laughs> she it, is. You can't she get is. away from her. Uh, yeah, she's doing, she's doing more than any congresswoman or congressman ever in the history of Congress. Mm, finally, <laughs> she, someone's saying it. That's how she would she, say it, too. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she is the epitome. When they came up with the idea for congressman <laughs> or woman, mm-hmm. AOC was it, and it's time that they get a race. So I don't know if we have the video. We do. Uh, yeah, but check it out what she said. Members of Congress, retail workers, everybody should get uh, cost of living increases to accommodate for the changes in our economy. And then when we don't do that, it only increases the pressure on members to exploit loopholes like insider trading loopholes to make it on the back end. So do you think there's a I'm tendency? Sorry, do you think there's a tendency of members? obviously take, take it out on this institution because it's an optics issue. They don't want to right. seem like this. Right, and, and, that, and that's my issue is that it's superficial. You know, you can you can vote against pay increases all you want. It's, in my opinion, voting against a pay, voting against a, it's not even like a raise. It's a cost of living adjustment. So you can vote against a cost of living adjustment all you want and it'll look good on its surface, but it will, every cost of living adjustment that, that gets bypassed is voting to increase the pressure to exploit loopholes and legal loopholes to kind of lean on other ways to enrich oneself through service. And so my whole side of it is like, it may not be optics. It may not be great optics. It may not optics. be optics. It may not, <laughs> language like, are you speaking? Look the best <laughs> in terms of that, your that opponents looks, could use it as a political, it as a political issue, but in raised. substance, She's incredible. Uh, she's, she, I swear she just starts talking having no idea what she's going to say oh, next. She oh, just, just she, words just, come out. Just come out. So, so, so just real quick, a little, you know, I like to find like the little gems in, in the thing. And I believe, you know, Jesus has a sense of humor, man. And, and so <laughs> AOC is one of the major social justice warriors that goes against our men and women in blue mm-hmm. and things like this. She's always talking about corruption in police departments and all this and all that. But what she's talking about here is one of the very things that they get mad at policemen about. We underpay our police officers. They go out there and put their life on the line every day. And then we have these cops, good people that are put in bad decisions, you know, where where all these corruption things happen. And then, bam, there she is right there saying, (laughs) if you don't pay us more in Congress, then we're going to figure out these loopholes. And that's when we're going to get corrupt and we're going to make our money elsewhere right as a cop is walking by. And there (laughs) he is right there. Just the irony of that whole thing and then a cop <laughs> walking by at the exact moment. I just I found I found it absolutely hilarious. Well, I don't know how you could 
really compare a policeman going to work every day and AOC putting her life at risk she, every day. She already makes more than 70% of America. Yeah. She made, What is Congress, 170? 170? Yeah, so. something like that, $1,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, let's just be honest here. There's a lot of benefits to being a congressman oh, or a congresswoman. Mm-hmm. They have, I love that you're so PC with that. They have travel budgets. Mm-hmm. They have, well, I'm, I, I'm good budgets. friends with, with a lot of congressmen yeah. now. You know, you have travel budgets. You have staffing budgets. People buy your food all the time. You attend this, you attend that. You don't really drive yourself anywhere very, very often. So I don't understand. You know, tell that to the man and woman working 80 hours a week that can't send their kid to summer camp because they got to figure out how to take a loan to be able to do it. Or they have to pay a bill with a credit card and then rob Peter to pay Paul. Just just, just stop talking. Just, yeah. just stop. If we're going to be income equal, why are we always talking about pay raises for Congress? Yeah. Couldn't we pay, do pay suppression for Congress? I no. mean, these are supposed to be people who serve the United States citizens. Maybe they could do it voluntarily. No. I'm sure there are a number of citizens in this country who would love to volunteer to be a congressman. Just so that they could stop doing this kind of silliness on things. It, it just it fascinates me that we're always expected to have things go up, 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 and up. They never come down, down, and down again mm-hmm. or level out ever again. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, go, go ahead, Stu. Oh, no. I was going to say the, the last time we amended the Constitution was on this very issue. It was the 27th Amendment. Mm-hmm. You're going to help me with this. Yeah, I think that's right. right. Yeah. And uh, so, and it's a fascinating story if you don't know the story, but it, was, it, they, it got launched back in the day, like with the founders. And they, they, the concept was you can't raise your pay in Congress until there's been another election. So, like, you have to be basically held to the standard where, like, at least they get to call you out if you're trying to raise your pay all the time. And it floundered. It just sat there. uh, It was not uh, ratified for... A couple hundred years. It was, it was 200 years in, yeah. in the 80s. And some yeah. guy was doing his master's thesis and realized, wait a minute, there was no sunset provision on this yeah. thing. And so he resurrected it. And yeah. I think it's the 28th Amendment, actually, when I think Amendment. about it. That now that we have that, that you can't pay, vote yourself a raise, which is what AOC is asking us to do. Yeah, and they brought it back. And under, I think it was George H.W. Bush, mm-hmm. it was finally ratified. And it's like, this, like, it's the one thing we can actually come together on, that Congress does not need more money. But here's AOC telling us that she does. By the way, that's also why the First Amendment is now the First Amendment and not the third amendment. That was oh. ahead of, in order. Of oh, really? Was it really? That's right. Huh. Can, can we also talk about this lie? This absolute lie that is the living wage of $15 an hour that her and Sanders mm. and all these people seem to be, but they refuse to be honest about it. I think every state's a little different, the minimum wage, but I think the, 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 the national average is like eight bucks and something. I mean, if they put them all together and they want to raise it to a living wage, $15 an hour minimum kind of thing. But what they refuse to talk about it, the fact is if, if you do that and if you cost these businesses and all this stuff more money, everything else becomes more expensive. Mm-hmm. So that $15 an hour is the same thing as the $8 that you're in now because that's just not how it works. You can't just say, well, we're just going to pay people more money. Right. And then they'll be more comfortable based off the way that things are priced right now. Well, no, everything else also goes up with that at the same time. That's, that's not how it works. And I just find that absolutely hilarious, this, this $15 an hour thing. So. You mean to tell me that companies are actually passing that cost to the consumer? They're not just going to eat it themselves? Well, well, but that's what I mean. So, so you can do that, and then you're actually going to have less jobs. Right. <laughs> because right. they're going to hire less people because the, the incentive's gone yeah. and all this stuff. And so it's just... I, I also find it interesting, um, you know, people who are very... Uh, who are avid followers of AOC who follow her brand of, you know, socialism. Yeah, we want socialism. We're on board with socialism. Uh, You would point out to them that socialism always ends in, you know, corrupt power. And they're like, well, 
that's not socialism. That's just something different. That's, Ugh. you know, that's just yeah. a dictator. But you look at the types of things that AOC has been saying. She's constantly saying, we're the ones in power. You guys sit down in the cheap seats. She's saying, we deserve a raise. Uh-huh. She's already starting I'm that kind of- I'm the boss, how about yes. that? Yeah. Yes, she's already starting that and she just got in. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine what she would do if she did have that power. Same thing. Let's try the same thing again and expect a different result. What's yeah. the definition of something? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. something, yeah. Let's think about that. AOC, insanity, the yeah. same thing. It all kind of goes <laughs> the same thing. Hand. Back in a minute. I think it was targeting McDonald's too with a $15 minimum wage. Just like yeah, the ball so McDonald's put the We've got about a minute before we go into overtime. Uh, Graham, I want you to tell everyone you have an amazing podcast out with Candace Owens. Yes. So we have the Dear America podcast now. Uh, and I don't know why, but we're doing pretty well in the charts. <laughs> and so we were uh, very lucky to have Candace Owens on this episode. So everybody should go and uh, check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check it out. Subscribe. Make sure to uh, rate it five stars. I mean, you're obviously going to enjoy it. Obviously. Um, but no, Candace, she is, I met her for the first time when she was here in town for that. And she is just Amazing. Yeah. She is so She's smart. She on, is so quick. All the time. Yes, all the time. All the time. Yeah. So make sure that you check that out and then uh, subscribe to blazetv.com if you have not already. You can use promo code NEWS for $10 off your annual subscription and then you get to catch these awesome things like Overtime, which is happening right now. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Jeremy, we're talking about wedding cakes again? Is wedding cakes again. About? Yeah, look, it's always in the news. I thought news that was already settled. Yeah, well, you know, I wish it had been, but we're, here we are again. So let's go back. i got to go back a couple years ago to Jack Phillips, which seems to be almost a household name now. Jack uh-huh. Phillips had been just trying to be a cake artist over there in Colorado. Some same-sex couples walk in and say, we want you to bake us a cake. He says, I'm sorry, I can't do that. My religious beliefs don't allow me to participate in your ceremony like that. They get upset, file a complaint. The Colorado bureaucracy gets into action and labels him a Nazi and a bigot and all these different things. Literally, I mean, that's what's in their, in their mm-hmm. opinions of things. Goes on to the Supreme Court of the United States, and the Supreme Court of the United States basically says, look, this was wrong to treat Jack like that. The government shouldn't engage in religious hostility. They called him, like, Genghis Khan. They called him Nazi. That's a problem. Jack wins. But it really was just kind of like, just Jack wins. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, now, same thing's going on all throughout the country, and it just is percolating up through the, the country. So you have Baronel Stutzman, who's a florist in Washington State, She's got a longtime friend who is homosexual and wants her to do his wedding. She says, I just can't do that. I'm so sorry. There are five florists you, you pass on the way here. Please use one of them. I'm sorry I can't do that. She still apparently brings him flowers, by the way, for his business. I mean, so he's still, she's still serving him, but just can't do the, do the wedding part of it all. Well, at the same time that was going on, uh, by the way, the Washington Supreme Court just ruled on that case last week, and it's headed up to the Supreme Court again as well, probably. Well, at the same time all this is going on, you've got Aaron and Melissa Klein, which was the Sweet Cakes by Melissa case. They're out in Oregon. Same thing. They're the, they're the American success story, right? They recognize that Melissa has a special talent. It's artistic. It's art- artistry. And she can bake. And so they combine the two things together. Aaron quits his job as a truck driver. They open up a, a small little bakery in, uh, outside of uh, Portland. 
and all they do is custom wedding cakes. That's it. I mean, like you can't go in there and buy a cake off the wedding cake off the shelf. Your only wedding cakes are going to be customized for you. So they come in, they sit down, they do it, and all that kind of stuff. So a, a couple that had came in years ago for a um, a wedding cake for one of their mothers uh, when she got remarried came in and they said they liked your business, so they wanted to do it again. Well, this time it finds out that it was going to be a same-sex wedding. Aaron says, look, I'm really sorry about this, but we just we can't participate in that ceremony and, and we can't endorse it through our through our, our bake shop here. And lo and behold, they, they kind of run out and soon after that, they get a complaint from the state of Oregon and the Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries. If that's not an Orwellian term, the BOLI is the acronym for it all. So BOLI comes out and says, you've engaged in religious, you've engaged in discrimination and penalizes them $135,000, which they start to, to take from their bank accounts without you know, like waiting for it to be collected. Uh, and now it's all just sitting there in escrow. Well, this has gone on now for several years. And First Liberty Institute represents Aaron and Melissa Klein now. They, uh, they've been through the appellate courts in Oregon, the Oregon Supreme Court. After the Masterpiece case comes down, about a month later, they say, yeah, no, they're still engaged in religious discrimination and we're upholding the penalty and all these things. They actually had to go to the appellate court just to have a gag order removed. They couldn't even talk about their oh feelings about marriage in public. They had to go to the appellate court just to get that removed. And so now we're back to the Supreme Court. We've asked the Supreme Court of the United States to take this case and really bring some conclusion, some clarity to the, all the areas that were left open under Masterpiece. And because as you can see, it worked for Jack for a little while. Mm -hmm. He's now had two more complaints mm -hmm. filed against him. So three total now filed with the state of Colorado. Recently, right? Yeah, one just this week, yeah, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I reading that. Uh, and Baronelle has, has her thing going on. And I'm certain, I'm positive, there are people that have just left the wedding industry entirely because they don't want to have to deal with this kind of thing. But there are more things that are going to be com coming like that. Look, the bottom line, no one should lose their job. No one should lose their business for simply engaging and practicing the religious beliefs in public. But that's exactly what's happened to Aaron and Melissa Klein. Their business is shut down. The business that they were going to teach their 18-year-old their daughter how to do small business with, transfer that business over to her and her kids. The business that uh, Aaron was teaching the other kids, the sons, how to, how to uh, run a business, you know, what the dollars and cents parts of it all was, the front part of the shop, uh, all that is gone. The bakery is shut down. Uh, all of the equipment that they had is shoved in the corner of their garage. I've just I've been there. It's collecting dust and waiting to be had. Uh, they can't they can't even do it online because the order is so far range that they couldn't even do it from their home. That kind of thing. So they're left to doing like birthday cakes for the family, and that's about it. So I mean, it's all shut down because Aaron and Melissa had the temerity to actually live their lives according to what motivates them most dearly, and that's their faith. This kind of thing cannot continue. And, and what the Supreme Court really missed the opportunity to deal with with the Obergefell, or I'm sorry, with the the masterpiece decision was to tell small businesses everywhere what, what happens to you if you are a religious person or you operate your business according to religious principles. We've had bits and snatches. You remember Hobby Lobby time, kind of talked a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. But in this new era post-Burgerfell, where these two things are hitting together, what happens? Do you lose your business? Can the state penalize you hundreds and thousands of dollars for, for engaging your religious beliefs or not? It used to be that that was perfectly acceptable for you to run a business and maintain your faith in the process as well. That's becoming far and far less the case now. Yeah. So we hope the Supreme Court will take the case. We've got two and a half weeks before we find out whether or not, I mean, they've got to dispense with all the orders and opinions by the end of June. And so we're going to find out here in the next couple of weeks. I was just there yesterday watching. They didn't do it yesterday. So uh, kind of went to D.C. for no reason. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, we'll find out before the end of June whether or not they're going to hear this case or wait for another one.
Jeez, Stu, you want to weigh in? I'm, uh, yeah, cause I, when that Phillips ruling came out initially, I, I think you had the same reading I did, and, and yours was probably smart, and I just kind of was guessing, but uh, <laughs> it felt to me like almost in a way like they were giving a roadmap mm-hmm. to people who want to challenge these things next time to say, you know, hey, like, yeah, sure, like, um, you know, you can you can go ahead and challenge these, you know, these uh, religious people, but you can't call them Nazis in your right. Like, you can't go that far. There's a level where we have to protect, you know, religious people. But it didn't seem like it was a r- a ruling out the idea that the next person who comes along and says nice words instead of things like Nazi and bigot could just as easily win. I mean, I... I in a way, like it was, I was really glad for for Jack Phillips because yeah. here's a guy who's just been constantly harassed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a guy who, I mean, he's a a victim of you know nonstop harassment from these groups, and it's like, well, you know, that I was glad for him personally, but it didn't seem like it resolved the the overall issue. It did, and, and you're right. It kind of did say, and frankly, to all the civil rights commissions out there, hey, just deny them and be nice about it; it'll be fine. Yeah. But they can't really help themselves. I think it was David French pointed that out after the opinion that says, look, these, these groups, they can't help it. They, they, this is how they've been trained to speak. They've got to call people a bigot. You can't just say you were wrong. You have to say you were wrong and you're a bigot, mm-hmm. right? And so they, they've continued to do this. And it'll be interesting to see with these next complaints that they've had. I think one's been dismissed already, but this third one now that's been filed with Jack Phillips, we'll see where that goes. But you know what's interesting more than just the state level at all? And there was good stuff in that opinion because it said, look, the state can't engage in religious hostility. And when it does, there's a problem. But when the state basically says you're a bigot and brands you as that person as outside of polite society, guess what happens culturally? You get shunned. You get thrown out of polite society. And what's happened to Aaron and Melissa as a result of that? Well, they were pronounced a bigot. They find they were penalized one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. The state has basically said we don't like them anymore. Like this is like Hester Prynne stuff. We're out. You're outside of polite conversation now. Well, now it gives license to every other citizen in the country to mock them, to cast them out of society, to vandalize their property, to break into their home. They, the, the stuff that I could read you on social media would make your blood boil. Mm-hmm. I mean, we hope your children get cancer and die. It would be my right to break into your shop and shoot you in the head. I mean, these, this, that's the tame stuff that's on their social media that has been pouring in. We've had to report to the FBI. You know, I mean, so when the, the government has a really important role of maintaining that neutrality for a reason, because it's trying to preserve everybody else from going and attacking you as well. Graham, um, do you think, because we're, we're talking about these people who are sending death threats and how they're very loud about it. And we talked earlier about AOC and Tlaib and uh, Omar as being very loud, um, but but the minority. Do you think that these people who are that hateful, do you think that they are still the minority? Or do you think the average American thinks it's hateful and bigoted to live out your religious values through your business? I think that, <clears throat> I think that one of the uh, biggest mistakes that we ever made, <clears throat> excuse me, there we go. I think one of the biggest mistakes we ever made as conservatives and Republican, whatever you, you want to call it, is being quiet. I think that for the longest time, the, 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 the motto was just put your head down, mm-hmm. go to work, go to church, do your job. Just, just let whatever these, these, you know, whatever you want to call them, these radicals, these crazy people want to do and talk about, just, just focus on your stuff and be done with it. I think it was a mistake, and because what we did was we made, no, I don't believe it's the majority, but we made this minority group of people feel like they are, mm-hmm. and they just got louder and louder and louder, yeah. and louder, and now what's happening is you're seeing people that are afraid 
to go again. Social media is a great thing. Obviously, I wouldn't even be sitting at this table if it wasn't for social media. I wouldn't be able to feed my kids without social media. But one of the biggest things that social media did was it made people afraid to stand up for what they believe in because they immediately get put in front of, honestly, billions of people for people to attack hate and all this stuff and now you have a problem anytime you have a disagreement it becomes a legitimate problem because everybody in the world becomes zeroed in on what your disagreement is and when that happens it all breaks loose and and, and that's the i remember getting kicked out of restaurants a lot when i was a kid for anything because when i was growing up if you were acting a certain way or you were dressed a certain way or you you didn't meet a certain standard to walk into that business yeah. You could be denied service. Mm -hmm. We didn't think it was this, oh, you're doing it because I'm white, or oh, you're doing it because I'm gay, or oh, you're doing it because of this. No, it's just, it's their business. You gotta wear a shirt. You gotta yeah. wear a shirt. You gotta wear a shirt. You gotta wear shoes. What if shoes. I start you a religion that does not wear shoes? Can I then sue <laughs> I if I walk into a restaurant and they do not serve me? Well, not, look, there's people that take their driver's license pictures with the pasta strainer on their yeah. head. So, I mean, anything's possible. Anything's possible, sir. We, we, and I'm not trying to assume things. I don't know the, the specifics of the story, but I would venture to say that they're Christian. Yeah. And that's why I'm just saying, would this same thing be going on if they were a different religion? No. Any religion yeah. besides Christian. And they said, we can't do this because of our religious beliefs. In fact, I think it would be emphatically the other direction. Is, it, is that the majority of the cases? Yeah, it's actually been tried the other way as well. And by the way, I would defend those people, the, the yeah. other groups yes, that are yes, out there, yes, happily to defend yeah, of them as well. But you're right, it doesn't get the same kind of criticism that is all out there. But you know, at the end of the day, I mean, these are people that are just regular people. They're the people that would sit down and, you know, I don't know, have, what was your favorite thing to do after work? Have a beer, go for a walk, sit on the yes. front porch, whatever Alcohol it is. Yes, is that's, what, that's what Aaron and Melissa are. They're just the regular blue collar people. But what, we, what we've done to them is penalize them for bringing their faith beyond, what does Justice Alito say in his dissent in Obergefell, that you're gonna be allowed to have your religious beliefs as long as you do it in whispers in your own home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you dare to go outside of that, mm -hmm. then you're going to be punished. You're going to be castigated. You're going to be mocked. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? We're in the future now that he was exactly predicting. That's exactly what's happening here. But this is why the First Amendment exists, because we welcome people of faith in public. We know that provides a diverse an element of diversity within our country. It, it contributes to the whole. Sure, we can be, we can yell and scream and curse at each other. That's part of what the First Amendment protects as well. We ought to be allowed to do that. But we shouldn't have the government putting their heavy hand on the, on the scales and saying, no, we protect this ideology, but not that one. That, that's, that's where things get really wrong and very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I think so much of this, too, quickly, is just that there's an incentive here, societal incentive. And that, like, someone who's harassing Jack Phillips gets only positive incentive. There's a reward system. Even when you lose, those people who challenged him are treated as celebrities. They're right? told that they're brave. Yeah, they're, yeah, brave. they're brave. And look at all these amazing things. And they God tried so you. hard. And mm -hmm. I can't believe you got screwed by the conservative Supreme Court. It's like, well, you know, this is a guy, and now they're, and now because there's, I mean, obviously at this point, you know the guy doesn't make these freaking cakes. Why are you walking into the store right. to get a mate, right? You oh, know yeah, he doesn't do it. It's for attention. Right, it's for attention. It's, it act, it's, it's signaling, mm -hmm. it's, and, 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 it's, and, and it's rewarded. Mm -hmm. And until those rewards sort of like flip upside down, I, I don't know that's going to change. Yeah. Um, talking about freedom of speech, kind of in that vein, Pinterest has completely suspended the pro-life organization Live Action, we know uh, Lila Rose very well, for misinformation, um, but not before listing it as a pornographic 
group. <laughs> so, interesting. Mm. Um, so they said that uh, they received an appeal, Pinterest received an appeal, and then they doubled down and kept it as a pornography blocked list. They were on that list. And um, live action is, I'm sure you guys will be shocked to know, they're actually the only pro-life group on this pornography list at this time. Uh, <laughs> they replaced pro-life porn. Is, it's, a, it's a niche market. <laughs> it's, I will say that. It was, it, it's actually pornography, not obscenity, right? It, mm-hmm. Okay, so Potter Stewart, the famous justice of the Supreme Court, said that, uh, they asked him to define pornography. said, well, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. I mean, this is like his, fav- his mm-hmm. famous line. Yeah. I guess Pinterest now knows pornography when they see it. I mean, I cannot even begin to imagine what has qualified as pornography here. And and it it really, every textbook that teaches basic biology ought to be very scared right now. If live action, who my guess is is showing some of the procedures that are involved and some of the x-rays and and the ultrasounds out there, that they're now being vilified as as uh, as pr- producers of pornography, my gracious! Look, First Liberty Institute, we work on religious liberty cases all over the nation, and we're seeing a huge rise in social media problems. Mm-hmm. Graham, you're pretty familiar with that right now. I mean, yeah. recently, Facebook, you've yeah. been in Facebook jail recently for your own comments, and there are others that are out there that have the same thing. Uh, there's going to be a time when that's going to have to be corrected. And, and the standard that ought to be put on that is what we've been following for 200 and some odd years now as a country. It's called the First Amendment where we're allowed to have these differences of opinion. The last discussion we're having meshes perfectly in with this one. Mm-hmm. Because if the government, if we're allowed to, one of you were saying the shouting down thing, if we're allowed to shout down each other in public and the government says, yeah, that's good, then we're gonna, why are we surprised that you're going to Facebook jail or that you're gonna go to Twitter jail, unless you have already. But you know, all the, and why are we surprised that <laughs> Pinterest is label, labeling live action as pornographic. That is just ridiculous. Well, and they also, just really quickly, their uh, their full statement was, your account was permanently suspended because its contents went against our policies on misinformation. We don't allow mm. harmful misinformation on Pinterest. That includes medical misinformation and conspiracies that turn individual oh and facilities into targets for harassment uh, or what violence. Do, what do I say every time I you hear me railing on some like medical or, or health claim? I always say it's Pinterest science because that's where <laughs> all of them come from. They're all these, like, it's a picture of a kid crying, and it's like, your kid has, you know, been targeted by this evil company. That's like every standard one of those things. That's that's amazing. They have that policy? So I guess we can say, so that's like a legal definition they've given. So I think there's one time I can actually say back to Pinterest, nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Graham, I would like for you to speak on this, just because this probably hits very close to home for you. I just think, well, yeah, I I mean, they they, they took down one of my videos because they called uh, calling for prayer for the president uh, hate speech, and Mm. I went against their community standards for hate speech mm. over that. I would say How that it, it's kind of weird just as we're sitting here, I'm thinking about, uh, I was on Fox News about a year or so ago and they were asking me about the Second Amendment and it was in the height of the Second Amendment talks and how we need to redo it. And one of my big talking points were, everybody always talks about the Second Amendment, how we need to go back and fix it because surely the founding fathers never would have thought about the advances in weaponry and all this other kind of stuff. And I said in that interview, if you're going to go down that road, then how long before the First Amendment starts to get attacked? Because surely the Founding Fathers would never have imagined social media and mm-hmm. blogs and mm-hmm. blogs and mm-hmm. uh, just websites and all of this other stuff. And, and that's really what you're starting to see mm-hmm. is that social media is honestly infringing upon some people's First Amendment rights to say things and believe things and, and, and speak that 
<laughs> I can't believe I say speak their truth <laughs> of what they think. And, and, and it seems like people are going back now going, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't say that. Well, why not? Why can't I say those things? And you're right, Stu. They're doing it just because. Grow up at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay, even, even if this cake baker was the biggest tool you've ever seen and it was completely <laughs> because they just they, they, they hate gay people, just walk down the street yeah, and yeah. find a, a bakery that doesn't and just go about your life and your business. I, I feel like it's a good thing to remember that um, people are allowed to be jerks in society. Yeah. Like people are allowed to be jerks. You just tolerate it and find some new friends. Well, yeah. that's, you're allowed to be offended. That's actually, we have a case that we're waiting for the court to decide on, the, the American Legion case with the cross, the Peace Cross in Bladensburg, Maryland, right? Basically, the Establishment Clause now allows those who are offended by its presence in public, as one person called it, a uh, gang symbol of Christianity, this, this uh, yes, 1925-year-old uh, <laughs> memorial. Uh, but if you're allowed to be offended and strike down a memorial and knock it to the ground that one mother called her son's gravestone, I mean, what else can you be offended by and give a heckler's veto over? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to find out about that case here, too, as well. Sorry. Um, all right. Yesterday's poll, will Trump deal with Mexico uh, or will Trump's deal with Mexico help with illegal immigration or is it time to roll out the tariffs? Interesting. 67 percent of you said wait for the Mexico deal. 33 percent of you said, no, just tariff the crap out of them, which I don't know that I, I understand that particular particular mentality if we're thinking that the tariff threat is just a way to negotiate. I would have loved to have seen that poll when he was doing the tariffs mm-hmm. to see if it was any different. Because he's yeah. obviously Trump's approving this Mexico deal at the moment. Uh, whatever. I mean, it doesn't, it's hard to see what's actually in it. I mean, we, you know, we, it's, there's been so much reporting all over the board on it. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't seem like it's changed all that much. But honestly, at some point, these numbers have to go down, right? I mean, 140,000 yeah. a month is so high. The highest, highest figure in 13 years. Yeah. I almost yeah. wonder just by nature if this is going to come down eventually. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, they're going to run out of people. Do you think it's because <laughs> there's going to be no one in Honduras? Do you think it's because they know that Trump's going to get this done and there's going to be a border wall? And so they're just they're just starting to swarm yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, we had a captured ISIS fighter that during interrogation said that he was recruited by ISIS. ISIS and the ISIS plan was to take advantage of the USA's weakness at the Mexican border. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I mean, if you want to talk about ultimate disrespect, what about disrespecting our men and women in uniform that go abroad to fight ISIS, but yet we can't even secure our own borders mm-hmm. here to allow those people to come in here. So yeah. uh, today's poll, Democrats have a new bill giving members of Congress a raise from 174000 to 178500 Do our politicians deserve a raise? If there was ever a poll <laughs> where it should be 100% no, this would be that poll to our politicians deserve a raise. Show, yeah, I will say it's that. true. Yeah. It's the number one top rated podcast for congressmen. Mm-hmm. Little known fact, fact. but. Congress people. Congress, wow. Congress, Congress people. people. I know that's why I was oh, saying wow. Graham was so PC the entire time. He said congressmen. He always said and congresswomen. Nice work. Nice Great work, job guys. smashing the patriarchy where you can. It's like, it's like, it's like hey, you guys. <laughs> hey, you guys. When you're talking to a group of uh, I know. I like ladies guys, and, like. and men. You know, whew. I say it all you the time. Be I feel like guys. I assumed a lot of gender at my Young Women Leadership Summit. I assumed a lot of genders. All right. Let us know what you think at the Blazes Twitter. That is at the Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank it you. was a Thank pleasure you. as always. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it all works right. in every context, though. You can do that anywhere. Right. So they're going to get packed. Yeah, no, except in, in the north. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.